If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey guys, welcome to the All Jacked Up Podcast. I am your host, Dana Jenkins, and I am all jacked up in all kinds of good ways. Everything we talk about on this podcast is going to come from a place of us being all jacked up about Jesus. But more importantly, everyone on this podcast, whether it's me, your host, or someone we're interviewing, we're all jacked up and need Jesus. So if you're all jacked up, you're in the right place. What's up, what's up, what's up, podcast people, podcast people, podcast people, podcast people. Just thought I'd mix it up a little bit, right? That was definitely mixing it up. Man, I hope that you guys are doing awesome. I am doing pretty good, pretty great, actually. Probably better than I deserve. Um, again, we I think we can all say that, but... One of the things I was worried about when I started this podcast was I got to thinking, what if I run out of material? I mean, really, what if I get to a week and I literally have nothing to share, nothing to give? Like, it's just not there. Now, I know, I know you all are thinking there is no way there will come a time when you have nothing to say, blah, 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 zip it. Um, but seriously, and when I was kind of thinking about that, I was reminded of what someone told me years ago when I first got into ministry. Um, I, at the time, was really nervous about speaking to a group and didn't know how to pick a topic or what to even say after I chose the topic. And this is what they shared with me. They said, if you talk about what God is teaching you, then you should never be at a loss. And Man, that is a true statement because I feel, just what I feel like I've learned so much, there literally will be something else that God shows me and I'm like, oh my goodness, how did I miss that for so many years? So God is so good because when we come and we sit at his feet, he always has something to show us. So today I'm going to share with you guys what the Lord recently opened my eyes to. So I know I tell you guys all the time, I'm an avid reader. I love to read, but I just finished an awesome book called 40 Days of Decrease. And it is, oh my gosh, it is so good. It's by Alicia Britt Cole. And it was actually recommended to me by another FCA staff sister. And it was just, holy smoke. If you haven't read it, get it. It's a devotional type book. But it's really good. Um, 
The book is designed to center around Lent, which is the 40 days before Easter. And typically, Lent is where many Christians will give up or fast something for 40 days. Um, some of the, the more popular things that we fast are sugar, soda, bread, sweets. Like, y- you get the idea. Like, we're, we're supposed to, during Lent, go without something, right? To deny ourselves something that we normally really enjoy. So, I guess the thought process behind all of this is to identify with Christ in suffering. And really, just as John says, we must decrease so that he can increase, and so that's kind of the premise behind that. So, um, and really, Lent is a really it's a really cool thing, and it's part of the process we must all go through at some point to dethrone ourselves and to give Christ the rightful place in our hearts. Okay, so enough about Lent. Let's let's get on with with what really stood out to me in this book. So, in doing this book again, it's it's forty days. It's a devotional. Uh, thir- day thirty eight. I came across it, and man. Day 38 stood out like like it had neon signs or something, and it was just like, holy smoke. I, I don't know. I don't know why, but it just seemed to really click and just kind of hit me in a different way. But in day 38, the author talks about, or she paints a picture of us walking with the disciples right after Jesus dies. Now, we all know that they must have been heartbroken, but it was so much more than that. They were grieving something so much bigger than Jesus, the person, and their friend. They were grieving how they thought things would go. Jesus was supposed to be a king, and a king like they had pictured in their minds. They had seen kings, and they knew what a king was was designed to do was to rule over them, but they had all of this kind of pictured in their minds. And so for them, they had dreams for Jesus and how he would save them. Now, basically that he was dead, all they had was disappointment. So, gosh, my question to you is, you ever been there? I have, lots. And I think the older you get, the the probably the more you've been there, right? Life, life is just, sometimes it is predictable, but most of the time it is not. But here's the thing. I know we have all had disappointments. That's just part of life. But I'm talking about, like, have you ever been so disappointed you have to grieve something you've been dreaming about or a, a, a hope or, or something, just something that you had pictured in your mind and it just didn't happen, just didn't happen the way that you thought it would. Um, and I think sometimes to make it worse, what about when we're spiritually disappointed? And man, I've been there too. You feel like you followed God. You did all that he was calling you to do. You were faithful and hopeful and fervent in prayer. And yet it still doesn't end like you thought it would. Or it hasn't happened yet. And I think that a lot of us uh, have been there, probably have been there multiple times. I know I've been there. Um, But it's a really tough place to be. And if you're there now, Hopefully, this will shed some light on your situation. In my mind, disappointment is one thing, but grieving a dream or a spiritual disappointment is something so much bigger, or at least it feels that way to me. So when I dream, I dream big, right? I mean, is there any other way? No. So I think of the difference between a dream and a fantasy is that we actually put stock 
and hope into a dream, whereas fantasy is just some, maybe it's some really cool idea we have in our head, and we think, man, this would be really awesome if it happens one day, but but there's no, we're, we're not putting any stock into it. We're, we're not, we're not hanging our hope on that. So, like, what one of my fantasies, I have always had the fantasy of being on Saturday Night Live, <laughs> Like, I just think that would be the absolute coolest thing ever, right? Come on. I love being able to make people laugh. And honestly, I just thought, what a really cool thing to do on a stage that big. I've always loved some Chris Farley. Man, if you uh, if you haven't seen this, this is a really, really old clip, but by far one of my favorites. Chris Farley and Patrick Swayze, they're auditioning to be Chippendale dancers. And it is... It's funny. Like, if you know anything about Chris Farley and how he used to look, like, it's just stinking funny. But I've always loved Chris Farley, Adam Sandler, Will Ferrell. But in the end, being on Saturday Night Live has just been a fantasy because I haven't invested anything into seeing that come to fruition. But a dream, on the other hand, a dream is different, right? And so for me, this is a, a very realistic dream. And I think maybe maybe parts of it uh, will probably come true, I hope. Uh, maybe parts don't. But here's my dream. I dream of one day traveling the country in a really nice RV. Now, uh, hold, hold on. I need you guys to understand something. When I say a really nice RV, I am not a camper. I don't. I don't understand camping. I don't. I don't like it. I like having a bathroom. I like having, you know, being able to control the climate, whether it's it's AC or heat. Like when I say a really nice RV, I'm talking multiple TVs with a sitting area and a kitchen, a really nice bedroom and a nice bathroom in the back. Like I'm talking. Like, like a house on wheels, a really nice house on wheels. Now, this is the part of my dream that I think mm, maybe it's going to come true, maybe it's not. I don't know. But I also dream of my super good-looking, godly husband driving us everywhere. And us is me and and the dogs, right? Me and the dogs are going to be in the back lounging on the couch watching a little college softball on TV. So <laughs> in my mind, yeah, that's uh that that's pretty legit. So looking forward to that. I don't again, maybe parts of it will happen, maybe parts won't. And before you are critical, yeah, it's not all about me. I don't have a husband just so he can drive like I have actually even thought about I've pictured in my mind like making making my man a ham and tomato sandwich on white bread with Duke's mayo. I mean, yeah, like yeah, I'm going to take care of my guy. Yeah, that's that's it. So if you're single out there and you love Jesus and you like ham and tomato sandwiches on white bread with Duke's mayo, dude, what are we waiting on? Right? <laughs> what are we waiting on? So yeah, all right, I know I'm getting I'm getting off track a little bit, but I have big dreams, and um, I, I think that we all have things that we have dreams that we can actually see in our head. And so I, I think let's go back to the disciples, where back to them and their shattered dreams after Jesus dies. So I want you guys to look at this: the very next task that the disciples give themselves to is to prepare for Jesus's burial. Now, 
it, the way that I read this, this is not a sign of abandoning hope, but rather a sign of respect. They were accepting reality, and I really think sometimes we have to do the same thing. We need to accept the end of one thing and bury it out of respect, right? But, but something happens, something special happens when you bury something. And here's the thing. It is, when we go through the burial process, it is an outward reflection that we have come to realize that things will never be the same again. But here's the crazy part. Just with Jesus, sometimes what we bury can bear new life. And just as an example, look at planting seeds. You have to bury, if you're taking a seed, you have to bury it. Most people will say plant it, but it's still the same, right? You put it in dirt and you put the dirt on top of it. Whether it's planting or whether it's burying to the seed, it probably all feels the same, right? But you have to bury it before it will yield anything. Now, one of the statements the author makes in day 38 is faith is not threatened by funerals. Oh my gosh, is that good or what? I I love this because it's so true. Like faith is not threatened by funerals, but sometimes we are, right? So the other thing we do when we bury something is we give up any control that we think we may have over it because that is the ultimate lease of control, right? And honestly, having a, 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 an ultimate release of control isn't that just where God wants us? Because once we realize that we are not in control, we're able to see who is. And being honest, this is life changing. It was for the disciples and it can be for you as well. So when the disciples buried their friend and Messiah, they didn't realize by closing one chapter, another one would open with incredibly far-reaching effects. They had to come to the realization that Jesus had died because if they didn't, they would not have been able to see the miracle of a risen Savior. So they had to be realistic. They had to bury what they had in their minds of what Jesus was going to do, or they wouldn't have been able to see the miracle of what he was really there for to begin with. So they were not in denial. They were grieving that picture, right? And, and if they had denied his death, resurrection, really, it wouldn't have been a big deal. So thank goodness that they were realistic about that. And if we're being honest, most of us will not see our dreams resurrected in a matter of days, but that doesn't mean that God is not in the midst of that disappointment. Our job in the midst of that disappointment is to be obedient during the joy and the grief. And our obedience, it is never wasted. So honestly, if, if you have ever had to clean out an office that you didn't want to leave, um, if you've ever had to go through a divorce you didn't want to happen, if you've ever had to experience the loss of a loved one you prayed for incessantly, man, God is in the midst of that loss, and you can be too. You know, one of the things that this was in last week's podcast, one of the things that Nori said that has just been resonating with me is that Jesus was present, right? Like he was present when he was sad. He was present. 
And I think that God, like no matter the disappointment, no matter the loss that we have, it's okay for us to be present in that loss too. Mourn it, grieve it, and bury it so that your heart is ready for what God has next. And when you're doing that, remember that burial doesn't mean that it won't hurt, but it does mean that it's not the end of the story for those of us that know Jesus. And again, just being completely transparent, I've had to bury everything from jobs. I mean, I have had to go in and and clean my desk off and thinking I didn't see this coming. I've had to bury what I thought would come of that job. I've had to bury relationships when I think I'm just not in the right place. I'm not where God wants me to be, and this is not the right relationship to honor him. I've had to bury friendships, friendships that I thought would last until the end of my life, and I've also had to bury loved ones, and and, and none of these, none of these were easy. I would actually go as far as to say some some of those burials, um, my goodness, when I was going through the process, it felt like I was being killed right along with whatever I had in my head, but God was in the midst of my loss, and I knew that my obedience to him is was going to be the thing that kept me afloat. So whether or not I ever get the husband to drive me and the, the dogs around the country, man, I know that I am sowing my faith in Jesus, and that is never wasted. My hope, my faith, everything hangs on who I am in Jesus and what he has for me. So if there's a picture in my mind of of something that doesn't jive with the plan that God has for me, man, am I going to be disappointed? Yes, absolutely. Because there are certain things that I've spent so much time thinking about. So am I going to be disappointed when it doesn't look how I think it should look or how I thought it would look? Man, absolutely. I'm going to be disappointed because I'm human. But I want to get to a place where I don't miss the very next thing that God has in store for me. And when the disciples buried Jesus, the very next thing that Jesus had for them was to defeat death and not be in the tomb when they came back. And and, and because he defeated death, man, that means that we get to do the same thing. So I just want to make sure that I'm not missing what God has in store for me. So. I hope this was super helpful, and as always, I appreciate you guys listening. We we have added another place that is now listening to the All Jacked Up podcast. We are now in Mexico, so man, awesome. I, I don't know. I can just imagine when I think Mexico, is it wrong to think margaritas and uh, chips and cheese dip? I don't know. I don't know. Hey, if it's wrong, I don't want to be right, okay? So... Here is to a great rest of your week, and here is to staying all jacked up. Mm -hmm.